Hello, dear friends. We are happy to welcome you to the next international discussion dedicated to the conference Global Crisis, Time for the Truth. This conference is a truly historical event for the entire humanity. On 4th of December, people from more than 180 countries came together with one goal, to voice the truth. The truth about the global cataclysms, the reasons why they are taking place today, which are, you know, the galactic uh, influence, the cyclicity that we are now in, about the disasters in our ecology, about the consumer society and such the face of it as human trafficking, slavery, violence, and the really really sad destiny of climate refugees. So, but this event was also so important because people know the way out, which is the creative society, where not the profit, not the money playing the main role, but where the human life put first, where really human life has the most important value. So that's why we are happy to welcome you today to discuss this event and to talk to our uh, esteemed guests about their opinion feedback on this event and uh, we will discuss uh, the next topic today which are dedicated uh, to the climate refugees. Welcome dear friends. Thank you so much Antonia and definitely when people come in together we can do so much more and today's roundtable makes me really happy because we have very special people from worldwide, really different countries, but one topic, unity of people. And that is the only way to overcome any issues we have as a civilization. So today with us, we have Liane Greyfonet, uh, film and TV director. Uh, we have Eugenie Afinevsky, film director and producer who's Oscar nominated, been before and is running this year. And Jonathan Riva from Netherlands, uh, strategic Development Manager. We have Chandra Cleveland with us, who's a private investigator and specialist in crimes against humanity, uh, especially women and girls. She has over 34 years of experience in law enforcement and advocacy for women rights. And of course, last but not least, uh, from Germany, we have Imam of the oldest mosque in Germany, uh, Mr. Amir Aziz, welcome. And today's roundtable, we would like to start from very, I would say, heavy video to watch, but very important video to watch. It's about the face of refugees, and it's about humanity. It's about human values. How? Because we, as a civilization, should be counted by the uh, by the mark. How do we treat the most unprotected? human beings on earth and those are climate refugees please let's watch the video why is there such inhuman treatment of people i was thinking about it and decided to figure it out You will never spend a month without being attacked with a xenophobic, xenophobic attack because they say as a foreigners we are stealing their work, we have lost that hope of uh, 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 being in the great society. I, I don't know, I've lost that hope because seeing the way 
that people are being killed, seeing the way that people are being shot in my eyes. A child can be sold many times. I remember one day I came across the story of a girl who was, um, she was Turkish. She had been sold 17 times, 17 times. And she had been trafficked from one country to another 17 times. And she had experienced only rape. I also said uh, in many options as a customer, as an undercover when I was doing the undercover. There were, we were in, in, sitting for the options. Nine-year-old girl, 10-year-old girl, as per the demand. So uh, the, the trade called the first time sex. Whenever the auctions will happen, new girls arrive in the trade. So they put the auctions. So who will bid the last demand, the uh, money? That person only will uh, means, uh, use that victim full night for his choice. The business that is made of spare parts, the human spare parts, how many children have been transferred from one place to another and then been uh, operated on for some rich guys in different parts of the world to get a kidney or get something else from their bodies against their will? Black market traffickers mafia is part of this economy that uh, is uh, ruling the world so what else i can say that uh, i i only see that the other possibility is to uh, spend money instead of constructing walls like we are doing in europe in our society human life has no value how is it possible that instead of help, people encounter violence, aggression, abuse, and slavery? This is not a migration crisis, but this is a crisis of humaneness. People, uh, uh, by looking at the existing legal frame, will not ever be entitled asking for protection. Because you will ask them where, which country you're coming from, they will say there is no country. I had a country called X, but the country now is underwater or I had a village and this village is being totally destroyed or disappearing. It turns out that there are still no effective programs for the resettlement of refugees. For so many years the United Nations has been working. For so many years the Refugee Rights Commission has been working. So many humanitarian organizations and NGOs around the world have been working, but there are no working established or adopted programs on how to work with these refugees. There are none. And the Refugee Commission itself admits this. Now refugees are forced to leave their homes. They face condemnation and cruelty. They are left alone with their misfortune because of the consumerist format of society. Tomorrow's climate catastrophes could be upon us as well. Answer yourself honestly. Are you ready to face what refugees face? Are you sure you won't be in their shoes? That you and your loved ones won't have to go through what they're going through. Thank you so much. It's quite heavy topic to watch and quite heavy for me personally to even see stories of these people. But I understand that this is so important and many people understand that any 
one of us can be in their shoes. And why is it so important to talk about these things? I would like to ask my first question, address it to Evgeny, because I know how big of a part of his recent movie, Francesca, was dedicated specifically to the issues of refugees and refugees' rights. I first of all thank you for having me here today. I think we are living in a current crisis situation where the world divided, where the world lost, and I think majority of the world lost their moral com uh, compass. And that's what we see. And that was one of the reasons why after two movies where I saw revolution, where I saw crisis in Syria, where I saw the major refugee crisis in Europe, that big part kind of related to the Syria, I wanted to bring every major aspect that's surrounding us in the world and uh, to point to the world that, hey, we're living in a very shaky situation where we need to reevaluate every action we're doing today. Now, I, who born in former Soviet Union, who immigrated to Israel and living in the United States, I am some kind of, I'm not refugee, but I'm migrant. So at the end of the world, we can find majority of, of the people who moved from one country to another. I have a lot of friends who migrated from one place to another. Pope Francis, who was the subject of my last movie, his parents moved from Italy to Argentina in the beginning of previous century. So we can find that either one family or another, or every second family, every third family, have somebody in their bloodline who moved from one place to another. In today's world, due to the catastrophic climate change, and we, we can't deny that the climate change is shifting. Look at the weather currently in Seattle, because I'm right now in California, where we have already second week rains, which uh, reflects with the snow in Seattle. I think we can't deny that there is a change of the climate. We can't deny it because we can see it, we can feel it. And the climate change, obviously, with the shift of the temperatures, affected lives of the people, lives of the people in the Middle East. Like in my last movie, I pointed that in the Middle East, way, way before the Arab Revolution started, Arab Spring started, we had a drought that started to move people from their homes because they not were able to have any agriculture because of the drought. So people started to move. So if you will start to really do a global research, which usually journalists doing, and in today's world, I think in journalism, journalism selling more important topics that are disasters, but not selling the topics through the networks that are important to us, to society, to learn. So for me, as a filmmaker, it was important to emphasize these things. And I think to look at the refugees today that are coming towards our homes and asking for shelter, asking for help, not necessarily because of the climate change, but also from the wars, we need to embrace this and welcome them. Because tomorrow, we can be in their place. Because tomorrow, we can have flooded our cities, and then we will be seeking shelter in different places in the world. So I think that element I try to bring through my movie, through my storytelling, 
and emphasize to the people across the globe that, hey, refugee crisis, yes, it sounds like, yes, they're happening somewhere in the Middle East or somewhere in Latin America, very, very far from us, from big metropolitan cities, but it's not true. Tomorrow, we in a big metropolitan cities can be flooded, can be having disasters, and we will be seeking shelter somewhere else. So we can be on their place. So I think that's important to learn, to learn about these things, to reevaluate our actions and try to be kind of understanding in the cases when we see people asking for help, asking for shelter. Mr. Finescu, thank you very much. And thank you very much as well for your participation in the conference. Um, you said before that, yes, it's important to, to talk about, to learn. And the next question is addressing, I would like to address to Ms. Cleveland, uh, since, uh, you know, at the conference global crisis time for the truth, the most pressing issues were discussed. Um, so uh, in addition to the drastic climate change, we have still human trafficking, slavery, child exploitation, uh, you know, the violence. Uh, so all these topics were discussed, but there are still questions why we should talk about it while we have so many problems in the society in such difficult times. And, uh, you know, there is a question, why should we bring up these topics on the global scale as it happened on the 4th of December? And why is it so important to understand for us, for everyone, uh, why is it happening? What is really going on? Uh, so true. Um, you know, I, Eventi, I can't pronounce your name, who just went before me. As you said earlier, a global crisis can happen anywhere. And what we see now is people with power who are taking over, are using, are manipulating the people who are in need. It is something that is occurring around the world. As you see that people are being run from their homes, being taken over by the people of power and the people of economic standings that are using and using this time in order to take over these people who should be welcomed and given an opportunity to start over again. In human trafficking, the past two years with this global pandemic in which we've been going through for now the past two years, a lot of people are using that opportunity to take over. Um, to sell this commodity that they see now of dollar signs. That is selling of people, selling of people's body parts, offering hope to the hopeless, which is really not hope at all. It is coming with strings attached where sex trafficking is occurring to the smallest of people who are there now. Um, you know, it sickens me to my stomach that I was contacted from another friend um, in, in Africa that had babies that were stolen and being sold and sex trafficked um, from families who were living in poverty, who cannot do anything about it. You know, we look at other people and that's the thing that I always say, you look at it as if it's happening somewhere else. It's all within due timing that it could be in your area. 
So we need to figure out a way to help immigrants, refugees who are coming to our area seeking help and shelter instead of using them, trafficking them, um, labor trafficking them, and putting them to shame when we should be helping to get them established in where we are. There are a lot of things that, you know, I see that the numbers globally with this pandemic going on, sex trafficking and human trafficking is only increasing. And how is that so? Who could be buying or preying on the families who are in need to survive in order to tell them, we will give you this or that if you sell us your children? So we're seeing a lot of families who are really in need of, of life, simple things, who are having to make that decision of selling their children. You know, natural disasters, the refugees, the females that are in the group, these people with power and money as everything that keeps going on and on and on is being fed, being led by people within great financial standings. Those people have an opportunity that they're taking from vulnerable people and using it as their power. Together with us coming here globally, talking about the problem and giving situations and resources to those who are in need is truly, is truly, a great step forward, but we have to start moving a little bit quicker. People are dying. People are losing everything. Global warming has taken everything. As you see, a natural disaster doesn't have a map. It can happen anywhere. So if we don't start moving towards welcoming, helping and building and looking at climate change, we're looking for and just waiting for the disaster to happen on our side of the world. Thank you so much, Ms. Cleveland. I absolutely agree with you that the change... Oh, please, Evgeny. Please I want to add something. First of all, I agree, and I wanted to comment on a couple of things. For the last couple of years, we're living in a media bubble. Each country, each place in the world, living in its own bubble. We isolated from what in reality happening in the world. And conference like this helps to bring people from all over the world together. Because like it was just said that we are missing education and all power of education to open eyes of the people, to allow them to understand what's happening across the globe, what's happening in reality on the borders, what's happening, how people every day dying in uh, crossing the seas in the Middle East. I think people really not able to see this because media keeping us in our own kind of society bubbles in each country. So there is no knowledge that the people, my neighbors or people in the society around me can have about what's in reality happening in the world. When I did, when I was working on the Francesco movie, and it was 2019, my second year, I did screening to a lot of friends here, just a rough cut. And I remember 
one of the members of the Academy, person who been himself nominated for two Oscars, been in shock. And his words to me after seeing the movie was, wow, how many disasters are in the world and we're not aware of them. And that's the true reality. Now, we actually go, not need to go far. For example, when we're talking about climate change and people moving and the power that are using this as a commodity, exactly like uh, was just mentioned, Brazil, when Bolsonaro's government decided to take over the and create deforestation of the Amazonia, what they did, they took literally people who are indigenous people who were living in Amazonia forests for centuries and they lost their homes. So what happened? We damaged the climate. We destroyed the, literally the lengths of the world, destroying the uh, forests of Amazonia. And we created the refugees. So here's the sample that just came to my mind after listening to, to you, because that's just example how power can create damage to the climate and create the refugee crisis in a second, in a just a disaster that we are facing already for like a couple of years. And then the same forest was burned, Amazonia was burned, and again, it's created more refugees. So that's just example. Now, another great thing that I just wanted to say, because as American who have American passport, there is a great quote in our American passport on page 45. It says, it is immigrants who brought to this land the skills of their hands and the brains to make of it a bacon of opportunity and hope for all men. That's American passport. And uh, it's too bad, um, I guess uh, the Zoom, uh, it's too bad that people forgetting this, that it's immigrants who created the best in these lands because they are valuable people to the society. And like Pope Francis said, it is important to embrace them. It is important to put them into the society and allow this integration because they can really dedicate themselves to develop these societies to the better. Just a couple of comments. Well, thank you very much, dear friends. Uh, you're absolutely right. And uh, we will also come back to the topic of uh, the role of media since we have here two dedicated uh, um, guests from the film industry. And we are so happy to have you here with us. And, uh, you know, you raised the, uh, the question before, um, also dedicated to uh, the climate refugees. So are we ready actually to be in their shoes? And it also was raised in the film. So I would like to ask um, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan, so the question related to the climate uh, refugees. So today, for some reason, it's assumed that the issue of migration as a whole is uh, related more territorially to the Near East or maybe countries in Africa. But uh, the climate catastrophes now are taking place in each country of the world. And uh, also it affects uh, countries which are maybe more uh, economically developed, but still also these countries are not prepared. So we uh, witnessed what happened just a week after the conference, Global Crisis, Time for the Truth, how 
hardly the USA was affected by this series of tornadoes. It just was unprecedented um, catastrophes. It's really horrible. And each day, catastrophes are happening across the globe. So, uh, but still there is this, you know, understanding that it's migration is more related to other countries. So the question arises how we as society as a whole are actually prepared uh, to these catastrophes. And, uh, you know, when not thousands, but millions and billions will have to migrate if we would do nothing. So what do you think? Yes. Um, well, thank you uh, for the question. I think it's a it's a great question to ask ourselves because um, it's always uh, important to open up a little bit our mind on what can be our future. Uh, and when we look outside of the window, we might not see every of those catastrophe there to feel that we are concerned, we are touched. Uh, and maybe related to this kind of uh, media bubble, we are not also looking at this on TV or in the media. Uh, we are kind of hidden from there. So I think it's very important that everybody is opening up their mind on what is really happening. I think when we see that a country like the US uh, with a tornado, for example, or another country like in Europe, because I'm close to that country in the Netherlands, but Germany has been touched not that long ago with a flood that surprised everybody, where even the, the rescue couldn't even get to the people uh, uh, like stuck on the roof uh, of their house because the water was all over, all over the place. That's almost something that nobody will have expect or imagine that can happen in those countries. Um, so I think the preparedness of a country, either it's developed or not, is as much as the people know what's going on. And at the moment, I think there is too many people who actually don't know, has, it has been said already, what is the magnitude of the situation. Um, another key aspect of this situation is the fact that it's not a linear situation. Everything is increasing. We have seen so many uh, uh, facts from the conference that shown that actually, especially in the last years or decades, we can see more and more catastrophe, more and more earthquake, more and more floods, more and more tornado. All of this is increasing. So even if we think that we are safe, even if we have this kind of feeling that I'm living in a country that is safe, it doesn't tell you that next year with the magnitude of the uh, catastrophe that is just increasing, that you're still going to be safe. Um, I'm living in the Netherlands. It has been quite heavily um, impacted by floods. Uh, back in 1953, there was a great flood. Uh, basically, a dike from the north of the country just broke, and the entire North Sea just flooded almost the entire country. 2,500 people died within a night. That was more than 50 years ago. But it was still an, uh, an, a developed country at that time. So it really showed that nobody is um, really sure that where they live, nothing's going to happen to them. So I think it's important that everybody once again understand that. And it's not bringing fear to people. It's more like opening up their mind that they need to be ready. They need to be prepared to whatever can come and also make sure that because some of the countries are maybe not as prepared, some people might come from those countries and to be able to help them. But it's also part of this whole situation and how to handle the situation that we should not just think about how to prepare ourselves, but how to um, help others. So I think that's, that's really a matter of knowledge uh, that is important for people to feel that 
they don't necessarily know everything and they should be curious about knowing the truth about what's really happening. And that's the best way to start to prepare yourself the best. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Definitely, it is very important to know the information, just to know the truthful information. And what we saw in the comments, like, you know, tricky comments during the conference, like people, some people were still asking this question, you are just talking things, but not doing anything. And the, the answer in my head, I was like, how can we change something if we don't know if we don't educate ourselves about what is going on in the world. As Evgeny said, even people who live in an educated environment, they are being shocked when they actually find out what is going on in the world. And then when we start learning about it, we see how much our society is unprepared. Even on the legal level, there are not enough laws and regulations for the catastrophic events that are occurring more and more often. In this case, when we finally do this request, it's important things to also find the examples of the good behavior, of the right behavior, how people actually behave. We often see that, unlike in the Hollywood movies, when something occurs in Louisiana or tornado in Czech Republic, people act different. They come and help each other. They do not act chaotic like we see in the movies. And the great example I would actually like to ask next question to Mr. Amir Aziz about the, the culture in Islam, because we know that the whole history of Islam started from the migration where the very first Muslims had to migrate to a different country, to Abyssinia, which was a Christian country. And Christian country hosted them and gave them shelter. So what is actually the religious, cultural, and uh, uh, the background? What does Islam teach us regarding the interaction of people in different religious and of uh, cultural backgrounds? Mr. Amiris, please. Uh, thank you very much for providing me the opportunity to talk on this very important issue. Uh, as uh, uh, I was listening to all the speakers and uh, after watching this movie, uh, this, this question arises that uh, this uh, all the time there is uh, hue and cry Uber, uh, about uh, this uh, uh, immigrant, immigrants and migration. So I just read a very uh, beautiful quote from somewhere somebody asked that uh, what is the solution to this uh, immigrants and they said that stop creating them once you stop creating immigrants this the problem will stop so the main point is that when we are going to create immigrants uh, then obviously this matter it will continue the second is uh, if we see there's a mahatma gandhi he said that uh, uh, there is enough for everyone needs in this world, but there is not enough for everyone's greed in this world. So that's also a big problem as we are talking about the human trafficking, uh, the, sec the human trafficking, all this. This all depends on, you know, it's all the sources, uh, the greed and uh, inequality in the society. Uh, I just give you one example that uh, in the beginning of Islam, the uh, prophet, uh, when he started preaching, he, uh, his uh, all followers were forced to leave the country. So 
uh, that's the point is that uh, they actually these immigrants they were created if they were not forced to leave then obviously they would have they were staying in their own country they were living they were having their own um, good livelihood there but they were forced so therefore they have to migrate to abyssinia which is now called ethiopia and uh, uh, and they they stayed under the christian um, kingdom and uh, stayed in a very safe environment so they started their life there in the safe environment so it is a very you know humanly it is uh, very important that we always want a safe environment where we can uh, prove ourselves where we can live uh, with absolute peace and uh, uh, harmony now the other important point is that uh, what uh, there are two main point which we keep in our mind first is the the narrow mindedness of our uh, thinking and uh, perspective for example if we see that uh, when iraq was attacked or when it was the syria war started if afghanistan war started so a lot of if we go on and on in many other countries there was war the countries who were going to they wage the war they never thought that what will happen after the, the, the outcome will be obviously the people will leave the country they will run for their life it is a human nature instinct that you will always run for your life so where they'll go obviously they will go to the different countries their neighboring countries they will cross the borders and therefore they will and just to save their life they will even not care about whether they are going through the sea or they are crossing the mountains they will do it so if they would have thought and there would have been no war there would have been no no refugee crisis so this uh, crisis it's it, it it sprang out of this war what we uh, what was in afghanistan and all over the world where and the refugees then they started running toward the safe countries so that's out now comes the about the human trafficking and here comes the matter of morality especially when it is you know we know that uh, the sex workers they are being created in islam it is uh, it gives a very golden rule that in islam it is absolutely forbidden to have illegal illicit re- relationship with anybody and uh, like in islam it is said that without uh, having a marriage contract without uh, having with your wife you even cannot touch a woman and therefore here comes the morality if we because the unfortunately um, the world is much educated it is literate but it has not been uh, morally upgraded they have not never been given that morals where they should know their uh, the rights of the other people so if in case of especially in the ch- in case of children you know like they are being tra- uh, migrated from one place to another for the human trafficking and for the purpose we know so here comes the morality that when we create this uh, understanding to the people to individuals to the governments obviously uh, you know that uh, the, the 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 reformation starts with a in, with an individual and then it goes on to the whole society so if we start reforming the individuals on this level on the moral level issue that uh, having this kind of uh, 
slavery is which is for example we see it is absolutely forbidden having a relation illegal relationship is uh, it's forbidden and it is uh, it is morally it is a moral crime against other human being so uh, and the, the other important point which also is important is corruption in this in the society if we see the the people those who migrate from one country to another why they are migrating for example from africa or from other uh, countries from southeast asia uh, the people they always uh, migrate why because their uh, governments they are corrupt they are plundering everything and therefore there is nothing for them so what they do obviously they have to leave the country they have to migrate themselves and uh, obviously they will involve in the in this uh, uh, the the sex trafficking also and uh, so i mean that this overall we have to see and then environment as uh, we say that uh, our uh, ecological system environment is that uh, when we are not going to take care of this environment so the people will obviously then will try to go to the safe environment where it is uh, much more cleaner much more uh, less polluted as compared to the to the other country so this is actually a very very wide range of subject which we are talking that is a, uh, it has many uh, we can say that uh, different aspects but overall we have to educate people we have to give them the moral education and then uh the the important is that if we stop creating immigrants the my, then we can solve the situation and in case in this situation what i say that uh, for example in syria what happened in afghanistan then it become this the 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 religious duty of a muslim that they should come out and they should help these people to integrate them in the society so when there there many uh, thousands of re- refugees here in germany and i know that the government of Ge- uh, german government has taken a great step to integrate them so that they can learn language they can become a very uh, a very beneficial and uh, citizen of this country so then obviously it will take time and uh, it needs a lot of resources also but if we uh, educate people morally and the most important that uh, when there is equality of uh, an an equal uh, equality in the society obviously this problem and uh, this crisis will go lesser and lesser so immigrant will stop when we will provide them everything there where there are so that they don't even think to go to other places and all the second when they we are morally making them strong obviously they will then not to be involved in illegal and illicit relationship thank you thank you so much mr amirazis it's uh, truly deep understanding of each subject and uh, it's a great honor to have you here with us because you're very well uh, acknowledged of all the different subjects and know the situation from both sides living in germany and uh, so many subjects uh, that we touched upon today and i feel like it's endless conversation that can be about problems and we wouldn't still cover all the problems but something we started from like is there a vision of a solution is there a vision is is there a goal of the society that we actually aspire to and is there anyone who's actually talking about this goal and next question i would like to ask elena of course last but not least of our speakers 
how much important it is to solve the very root of the problem of our society, which is consumeristic approach to the life itself, where people use each other for profit and see each other not as human beings, not value each other's life, but see each other's as an opportunity to make profit at money, which, which is the very core of this inhumane catastrophic situation that we have right now. How much important it is to actually have the vision of the solution. And what is the solution in your opinion? Uh, in your opinion? Please, Leanne. Yes, good evening, everyone. To be honest, we have uh, a really vast topics discussing today that are not very easy to solve uh, because there are no such uh, such appeal that could solve all these issues in in one day. But to you know, I was just noting some things because there were really interesting topics discussed. discussed. And what I want to say, first of all, um, I would like to compliment the speech of Mr. Amir Aziz because I think he said it really um, correctly about the migration. I'm also migrant. I'm from Latvia, but I live in Russia. I migrated uh, with my family to Russia and currently stay there. And I think that people uh, in general are afraid of migrants um, due to one reason, because they don't know who these people are. They have a different um, different perspectives, different understandings of lives, different mentalities, and you know the same things as religions, different churches, different prayers, and so on. Why do they pray uh, one time a day or five times a day? People are not educated. People who are not educated, they don't understand these nations. If talking about uh, Islamic for uh, Islam for example we need to talk to people we need to educate them we need to um, give them the information about different nations different traditions we need to inform people about the diversity of of all the people I forgot the Russian word but the of, of, of the diversity of different religions and what are the differences and what are the similarities and why for example uh, people who preach Islam they do this or that and why we should not be afraid of it and right now like in, in our world even in the movies if you see uh, people who preach Islam they will be either murderers or you know like bad personalities negative uh, personalities negative um, uh, characters in the movies and this is wrong because uh, because of the movies because of the mass media we treat other people and we think of other people negatively and me as a producer I I think and I believe that we need to change this retrospective uh, we need to change the point of view of how do we see the other nations? Why do we um, 
uh, see migrants in you know from the negative side why do we uh, blame them and why do we um, you know experience these negative emotions when we see them why don't we uh, look at them as people who um, really suffer and who have to migrate uh, into either Germany or any other country and why don't we ask ourselves why did they have to migrate and uh, I think that we need to educate people as Europeans as well as the migrants too, educate them the traditions uh, some things that some laws or some um, yes traditions from different countries and we need to educate both both sides, the side who's accepting uh, the, those migrants as well as those people who are migrating so that there would be some boundaries um, set and so that, uh, for example, the would, women could wear, you know, the ripped jeans and nobody would uh, look at them in negative way or, you know, things like that. So that so that there would be no um, bad treatment of people. And of course, this education of both sides is extremely important. And me, as, as a human, as a person, I can um, basically... Um, what I can do is I can start from myself and for example in my movies I can take some characters in the from the movies and show them from the good side and so that uh, basically once you watch this movie you would feel this light um, this uh, good things and when I was creating one of the movies I um, the song came into my mind and I created a song uh, see the light in my eyes and um, I saw different nations different families but the point of life is to be loved and to love ourselves to love your family your kids but in different countries so basically a person a human being his his goal is to live in this world while creating by loving by creating something positive to interact with other people on the positive wave to learn from each other and what I as a human being can um, promise and do from my side is I will be basically um, recording and shooting a video clip for this song that I'm cre that I've created that basically is uniting for all of us and another uh, topic that I try to dive deep into is the human traffic of course and the, the violence against children as well and I also wrote uh, a script about one girl who was raped by not somebody else but by her father and so basically it's about the uh, violence inside a family and this will be uh, 
a movie that will be uh, created because this is basically the topic that the mass media tries to avoid. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to um, speak up about that, that children are being raped not only by other people but also by their relatives and, and as well as other people too. In, in this topic is trying to be, you know, they try to hide it. Nobody wants to talk about it. And I think that if we as people in society will talk about these dirty, unpleasant topics, but will speak up, will show the example so that people would open their eyes and understand and see really carefully, at least at, you know, on the streets, see where, for example, a little child or a woman who is kind of like closed up in herself who's so that we could see those signs when, when people need help so that we could help at least one person and um, it's not just you know giving a right to a woman who is walking home at night right without a flashlight so that you know protect her like in a in a fast way you know just to um, pick up those that, that, that woman and give her ride home, uh, you can do that. Um, these are like the real actions that you can do uh, so that she could not, um, you know, get into a bad situation. And I really uh, believe that we need to create platforms where um, well, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there are some platforms and that there are some signs for that, some signals that women can give. I, I'm pretty sure Chandra uh, can um, uh, can tell us more about that. When, for example, a woman, if she's uh, in a in a bad situation but she cannot speak, she can show a sign. And when women are being sold and trafficked, they understand that they cannot speak up. You know, they can create the sign language for those victims so that we as people who are not in danger can understand that a person is in trouble and help them. All these topics are super heavy, but what's important, and especially for the media personalities to show um, the vision of the society and of human behavior that should be popularized, right? The vision of the society we would actually want to live in. And this question I would like to ask to Yevgeny again, uh, because all the conflicts, as we talked prior to the uh, to the today's stream, can we solve the problems only concentrating on the problems? Or do we have to spend some of our attention actually uh, on having the vision of the solution? And what would be the solution in this case? I think, first of all, we need to work on the prevention. I think prevention is the important thing. And how we can prevent things? Education. Uh, I think it is important to raise these topics in front of the younger generation that are growing today. I'm not talking about only in the schools, also in uh, colleges and universities. If we will put something in front of the younger generation, that refugees and migrants is the same people who've been in a bloodline of themselves. It means uh, some of the kids who today not uh, living in the United States and born in the United States, maybe their parents or grandparents 
been migrants or refugees, to raise this thing so people not will feel some kind of anti... I should say that people will not feel that the people who come in towards knocking on their doors are just strangers. Uh, you mentioned before Christ from Syria, before we started this table. And uh, while we having a conversation, I was thinking, but one of the reasons I did Christ from Syria was in 2015, finishing uh, my Maidan movie, I heard so much negativity that media was putting in our brains about refugees, that they are coming, taking over cities. But in reality, nobody was trying to explain and bring the rea real picture that people trying to survive, people trying to save their kids. And it's true, when we having fear, when you're living in a big metropolitan city and you have fear of something, something that you don't know, you will be fearing these people. If you don't know the real culture of uh, Islam or any other religion, you will have a fear because what movies portraying is only negative. So we, of course, will have a fear. So the biggest challenge and the biggest solution is education, education of younger generation. Like in my recent comment that I just said maybe 20 minutes ago, one of the elements that you already doing is the conference. You're trying to bring the topics, you're trying to point to the topics, and you're also discussing possibilities of solutions. You're trying to open wide eyes of the people on the things that are happening, but also discuss possibilities, possibilities to resolve this. Now, we're doing right now curriculum for the schools, uh, we're doing lectures in the colleges using the audiovisual material that I created with all my movies. So I think that's one element. Another thing, I think it can be in, in, used in the art. We as the filmmakers, we can bring it definitely through our art and find some kind of opportunities for the people to open their hearts and minds. When we bring in actually harsh scenes from the Middle East, we making people to revaluate values and open their hearts and minds. So I think all this possible to implement in our lives and start slowly, slowly these changes. Now, same with the climate change. I think Greta brought a lot of important elements engaging younger generation into the conversation and into the actions. But if we will continue this momentum with the younger generation, we may find also the solutions for the climate change. If a child coming out of the school home, telling to his parents, mom, let's separate trash, let's use less water. I think if each and every second family will start to do these things, we may have uh, less, uh, less and less impact on the climate change. And again, it's a small things that in a bigger scale can bring the changes. Yes, absolutely. And thank you very much to you, Mr. Kniev, and to Ms. Greifaniev for your great examples of how the film industry and cinema can create a better worldview of us as people. And uh, the conference, Global Crisis, Time for the Truth, 
uh, united people from 180 countries uh, in one dialogue without middlemen, without any, uh, you know, any third uh, uh, platforms, but directly with each other to talk about uh, the, you know, the challenges that stand for us as humanity. And it is so important not to fight uh, with the consequences of a consumer society, but to build the fundament of creative society where we celebrate our diversity, we celebrate the human life of each person because it's so uh, precious and we have only one life that we have to preserve as our own. Thank you very much. I have another small thing. You said a beautiful word, unity. Unity between all of us. And I just said, we need to teach kids. When kids from different religious groups, from different social environments, playing together, they're all playing, they're kids. None of them trying to be better or bigger or nobody of them feeling different because they're kids until their parents say, no, he is bad or he is different religion. So I think the most important is education, 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 education through art, education through such conferences, through roundtables, through all kinds of platforms that we can deliver to the younger generation, because they are the future and it's all in their hands. Like I just said, kids, when they're all together playing, we can have kids from Muslim family, from Jewish family, and they will be playing together until their parents can start to put difference between them. We can take refugee kids from Middle East and we can take kids from Latin America and mix together and nobody will feel difference until the grown-ups will, or through different manipulation, will put it in their heads. So I think education through any round table, through any school environment, through churches, mosques, education that we all brothers that we all even is important element and of course education about environment and all other aspects that surrounding us i couldn't agree more with you that the kids are actually showing the example of how our society could behave if we wouldn't be pushed at some age some i don't know some something that pushed on our society with grown-ups who lost that humanness that kids have in their purity. And I know that Jonathan is actually a father too. So is you, Evgeny. And uh, what, it's a, actually a very interesting question. Human life has to have a goal, right? Each one of us, we make ourselves goals and we go to the goals. But as a society, do we have a goal? And if, the, if we should have a goal, would you like your children to raise in the society with certain goals? And what would those goals be, Jonathan, please? Yeah, that's uh, that's very true. I think you cannot go anywhere if you cannot aim at something. Uh, so we need to all aim at the same thing if we want to go in the same direction and kind of resolving the situation. Um, I think uh, I, I really like the reference with kids because indeed I have and I can see the way they behave. There is no uh, predetermined ideas in their head about the way to do things they just do it with their hearts and that's what we should bring a little bit more into our society um i think overall uh, the creative society that we've been talking as a solution into the conference is um the solution that we can actually see as as implementable uh, to the situation um i mean 
I just wanted to maybe actually go through the foundation of this um, uh, creative society because talking about foundation is really referred to the to the baseline of what everybody should be aiming at. When we talk about a foundation, we talk about a foundation of a house. We should be behaving like a family, living in the same house, having the same foundation. And those are the eight foundations of the creative society. Human life, human freedom, human safety, transparency and openness in information at all, the creative ideology, development of personality, definitely about the kids, justice and equality, and self-governing society. I think the society that I want is a society that is adaptable to the situation in terms of solving it all together. Uh, this adaptability is absolutely not what something we have. Everybody is behaving their own way. Uh, it's like if you had a, a, a sandbox with kids and every kid would be playing in each corner of the sandbox and just throwing sand at each other. That's not what is happening when you go into a park. You see please, kids playing together. And that's the way we should actually behave. We need to bring together all of the intellect, all to the science, all of the people that can actually do something and do something all together. Um, so aiming at this society, it's crucial into the situation in which we are, but it's also up to us to make that shift. Uh, we should not shift any responsibility to anybody else. We should not think that somebody else is responsible for the uh, migrant crisis or for the environmental disaster. We are all into the same boat and we should all behave the same way. Um, I think that conference was a good small illustration of what the society could be. Uh, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a great example what people can look forward uh, and look for. Thank you very much. And uh, I, indeed, you know, the conditions of creative society, these are the conditions that we need so urgently need today as humanity in order to provide uh, the conditions for science, for technical engineers, for our, um, you know, experts in order to find out the solution for the climate uh, catastrophes that are already taking place. Um, because we cannot uh, change uh, the climate. So we saw on the conference what are the real reasons for the climate change about these global, um, global processes, about this cyclicity. So it's so important to create these conditions where the science will work for this one goal, to preserve our future, to preserve the human life. And I would like to come back to our speaker, Mr. Aziz, um, you are our acti active participants of the Pro Project Creative Society. We are very grateful to have received your blessing from the whole Mus for the whole uh, Muslim community for the project. And uh, we had also the um, uh, blessings from His Holiness uh, Pope Franciscus. And it was really a big, big gesture, this big step uh, towards uniting all of people. And um, in previous ex uh, uh, conferences, you expressed your view on the foundations of creative society. You also said that it's um, completely uh, referred to the uh, legacy of Prophet Muhammad and uh, to the understandings uh, in Islam of how the society should, should work. So we would like to ask you, so how uh, important it is today, considering the global catastrophes and uh, the urgent need to change this format of consumerism in our society, 
So how it is important to remember the value of human life and how is it important to implement these foundations that Jonathan um, said before into praxis and really worldwide so that we really fundamentally change this vector of our society. Yep. Uh, thank you very much. So as uh, one of the uh, very respected speaker, he also pointed out that uh, the most important thing is that we have to create awareness in the society to educate them more. And when obviously the society and uh, the whole human civilization, it is all, it always goes through the process of evolution and that uh, evolution. And that is uh, important to know that uh, what is the goal. Uh, in the Holy Quran, God has uh, pointed out that uh, this whole humanity uh, is creation of one God. Not only just human being, but this uh, whole universe is creation of God. So it says that uh, uh, we have created you from a single soul. So when we think each other that we are all part of the same uh, family, we are uh, all human as a human being level, we think, then obviously we will uh, uh, be having uh, much, much considerate to each other and we will understand each other's problems and we will then try to solve each other's problems. Uh, Prophet Muhammad has given one example that uh, just take the example of uh, the, the uh, human and he said that uh, you just take the example of your body that uh, in the body if there is a headache in your uh, if you have a headache then the whole body it is restless and so he said that uh, the whole universe if we take that if there will be a headache in any part of the world and we think that all human beings they are all uh, they are all our brothers they are all our sisters we consider them a part of our family then it our whole body should be restless. So when we see the problems anywhere in the world, then in irrespective of their uh, their social background, irrespective of their caste, color, creed, their religion, we should take it as a unhuman level. That uh, now this uh, our fellow being, our human level, human being, they are in problem, and we have to go and help them out. And uh, you know, in in Islamic uh, tradition is also. I just give you one example. When Prophet and his followers uh, they migrated from Mecca to Medina, then he gave a solution. He said that everybody who was there in Medina, he said that now you are both brothers to each other, so that you can help each other and make the people. So he actually wanted that people should integrate into this new society, and they become a, a much more beneficial uh, citizen beneficial member of the society so as in the according to the religion of islam if we take one point and that point is that uh, uh, our lord is lord of the world it's not just lord of any muslim christians or any of the other religion that we are all creation of one god and let us all think the problems about the problems of each other. We should try to solve problems of each other. We should try to be considerate about each other. And the most important point, it is ignorance. 
God says that God wants you to take out of darkness into the light from that darkness of ignorance as it was it is also pointed out that when there is ignorance when there is illiteracy obviously people will have no idea what is going on around them so we have to when we provide them education and it it, it should be on all level i just give you one example that when uh, many refugees come to the mosque and they ask me the young people what should we do when we are here in germany i told that i always tell them look the first thing you have to do you have to respect the law of this country because now you are living here secondly you have to learn the language of this country thirdly you have to respect the culture of this country fourthly that you have to be to become a very beneficial member of this society where you are coming so in this way like it can it is kind of education which you can provide them to uh, on all level and if it is provided on especially on the school colleges level obviously it will have much more impact and as far as the environment is concerned obviously this is a very important uh, issue and uh, environment can be protected only when uh, from the very basic unit we start uh, educating children educating our uh, uh, the children that uh, how to protect the environment so they once they learn that uh, because if we i always give the example to the people that look this environment is just like my house so if you burn the environment you burn your own house if you are burning the trees you are burning your house actually if you are destroying the the, the nature you are destroying actually your own home so if we edu- start educating people on this level that uh, the, this the environment and all everything it is it is as important as our uh, the, the food for our body then obviously on but it will take time you know it is the the world always go through the evolutionary process and but our need, uh, the function is that our uh, what we through this conference or through other media what we can we can give awareness to the people we should always raise the voice we should always talk about the thing so that at least it should go to the to, to the ear and once it goes to the ear so the time will come that they start thinking about it and then the change will all obviously occur it will be it may be very slow process but obviously in the end it will be very successful definitely it has to be successful like i feel like right now our society has no other way to go other than being successful because otherwise if it continues as it is we're going to the consumeristic dead end of our civilization the conference showed how much we destroyed the ecology of our planet and our planet is like a patient the in oncology uh, clinic on the very last little stage if we don't do something right now to unite all people with a cause with a to unite scientific potential of our civilization actually pick the topics which are the most crucial important topics to solve and put not the profit but human life on the first place it would change in everything and i would like to ask the next next question to chandra cleveland uh, as to a person who actually advocated for human rights for the whole life and people's interest how do you think chandra people's life and the whole situation globally would change when the foundations of the creative society are actually put into practice and we're not just on the words but in practice put the human life first in the center of our world well 
first of all, um, I think it is definitely needed of awareness and the awareness of the education to everyone is going to look different. That's first and foremost. What is happening here in the United States, what may be happening in Russia may not be the same. So you have to educate and make aware of what is going on. You know, I've heard earlier about educating the children. That is my number one component. I go around from elementary school to middle school to high school to colleges. If you look at all of my background, you would see me at all three of those entities because what is going on with human trafficking, it looks different in every area of development of young people. After I go through that situation of educating people from around the world, as I've taught law enforcement in Pakistan and India of how to look for uh, human trafficking or sex trafficking victims and how to handle them. It is a way that you can handle people in order for them to identify that they are victims. That is one crucial part that everybody is missing. A lot of people do not know that there are victims. So the education and awareness of each person that is going through a crisis of human trafficking or sex trafficking, you have to tell them what it looks like because some of them have been dealing with this within their families and countries for a long time and it's all that they know. So you have to identify it so that they can identify it. You telling them what is going on within their area is not the same. You have to bring something that has happened in their area to their attention as to this is what happened in this instance. I am always glad to talk about things and to teach and to educate. I have a degree in education as well, but I need to make sure that every time that I educate a group, I get an ambassador from each group. I have young ambassadors as young as seven, I have ambassadors that are 10. I have ambassadors that are 12. I have 16 and so on, all the way through the college age. And those children with me on each month, uh, every year in the month of January, on January the 11th, I have each one of them to come forth and tell what this human trafficking look like, what this sex trafficking look like. I know that it was brought to the idea earlier today that um, there are so many different things going on. We're talking about the problem, the problem, the problem. I'm all for solutions. I talk about solutions in every rescue that I make. And I personally go out and do these rescues. And when I do these rescues, I capture it in the moment. You know why? Because people don't remember what they look like when they went through something. So you have to be able to show them that. And I think it's very instrumental that, you know, we are talking about this, but I was so glad, even more happier to say, but what is the solution? The solution is to bring it to them, to identify it so they can identify what has been going on behind their family doors for years. 
And I know that people say it starts within the family. Someone made an instance that, you know, if kids are playing on the playground together, they don't know anything. They don't know that this is a black person you're playing with. This is a Jewish person you're playing with. You're not supposed to be mingling with Islam. They do not know that because they are children and they have not been tampered by the information that are in our societies. So with educating the young people, it is truly indeed, and truly indeed, the road to solving, to solving all of these issues. Because if you look at the um, things that are happening, how with global warming, we have young girls in middle school who are talking about global warming, ways that they can stop it on a regular. That is being a part of the solution. We have young girls who are, you know, at the middle school who made, um, who got a prestigious award for her comments and how to change global warming. Education, awareness, and putting to use the people and the young people who know about it in the forefront so that other young people can know where to go and how to get involved. It is truly truly the road to solving the issues that we have of global warming and human trafficking. Thank you so much, Chandra. And I would like to actually round up our conversation actually with the solution part. And actually to ask each one of you uh, to present your vision of the society in a couple of words, because we, of course, run out of time, but just in very short couple of words, what's your vision of the society in which you would actually love to live in and raise kids. And I would like to start with Liana. Yes, you know, this topic is very close to my heart. And the first time I talked to my friends about the, such a society, I had such an idea to uh, create some kind of a calendar, calendar uh, for seven days and every day uh, for example, we as a whole society can do something good every day. For example, on Monday, you help some kind of woman, right? Like old woman. You can start with little steps so that we could become kinder, we could become more positive as a society, so that we could uh, respect uh, different nationalities, different ages, different um, uh, groups of people, and every day so that we could do something for another person, maybe a stranger who we don't know. So this is such a society where we're all the same, we're all equal, and where we live for the sake of love, love to each other and support of each other. I can create a video clip. Uh, it's so important. Um, people who are uh, actively, uh, in, you know, investigating in the film industry, in mass media, to uh, raise these topics. And thank you very much for your work. I would like um, to thank you, all our guests, for being active in the project Creative Society, for your uh, contribution to spreading the information uh, that we raised at the conference Global Crisis, Time for the Truth. Uh, it was really crucial to spread this information to each person on, on earth so that uh, instead of talking about the problems, we already build the creative society, which we are also, also making now 
informing people that uh, creative society is now on the first uh, step of information where uh, people discussing the foundations of creative society. We also um, uh, need to inform each other in order to, uh, to go to the next step. And uh, this conference united people from 180 countries. And the more pe people will learn about the Project Creative Society, about what is happening in our society today and what the solution is, the more quickly we will find out uh, what to do. So thank you very much for your contribution. Any last words or maybe something anyone would like to add? Anything just in two sentences? Okay. Thank you so much, dear guests, for being with us today. Thank you so much, our dear viewers. And we're looking forward to seeing you at our next roundtable. Thank you very much. Mr. Amir Aziz, would you like to say something? Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, and let's watch as the last video about uh, the Creative Society, about the way it yeah. out. Thank you. Yevgeny, would you like to add something? No, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity, but the most important, thank you for what you guys are doing. Good luck. And like it was said already a million times, the education is the power, and what we are lacking these days, it's to bring not only the disasters in front of the eyes of the people, but also opportunities that we have a chance to fix these things. And I think the healthy discussion that you're having during every round table is something that people need and the opportunity to take it from these conversations into their lives. So good luck and thank you for making these things happening for the people. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for actually bringing your own efforts the best possible way to actually, actually build a better world for, uh, for ourselves and for our kids. Thank you. You asked before a question, what is goals? You asked Jonathan about goals. I think when we're looking at the kids, and you mentioned that I have newborn and he have a little one. So I think when we have any kids and we're thinking about opportunity for them to still be in this home, like uh, Mama Ziz said, we are living in one home. We are one big family, multinational, multiracial, experiencing different religious things, living under one God. Some people call it just different names because of different religious beliefs. But at the end of the day, there is one God. So we're living in one big home as one big family. And if this big family becoming fighters, fighting with each other, destroying walls of the home, tomorrow we will find ourselves in the streets without a roof and... Uh, without the family. So I think the most important, you trying to unite people through these healthy conversations and you trying to bring this big family again and again together. And that's what this world needs, to be together, to respect each other, to be more human, loving, caring, understanding. And that's what education gives us. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. And this is indeed, as you described that, uh, Today, uh, our common home is burning and uh, we need to survive. We need to preserve the life. We also uh, need everything possible to uh, care of our children or the next generations. And the best gift uh, for them and for us is 
to build a creative society, the society that we all dream of, where exactly the human life of each person put in the first uh, first um, yeah, priority. So that's why thank you very much to your guests for your contribution. Thank you very much for spreading the information uh, that we discussed at the global conference, Global Crisis Time for the Truth. And the more quickly everyone will learn what is going on in our planet and what is the solution, the more quickly we will uh, live in this world that we call today Creative Society. Thank you very much. Thank you. Humanity, various races, nationalities, religions, but we are all sailing in the same boat in this ocean of life. And the course of all absorbing consumerism, which our common ship has taken today, is leading us to precipice. Just a little longer, and we will irreversibly fall into the abyss of economic, social, and climate catastrophes. Perhaps, Someone doesn't want to see and admit obvious facts, yet being afraid to turn around and see the reality. In the endless rush, in the ordinary everyday routine, in the race for success and survival in this world of consumerism. But every day, more and more people stop and ask themselves these questions. Where is this world coming to? What does the future hold for me and my children? How can I make sure that the world will be a safe, happy, and prosperous place? After all, no matter how successful you are, if the whole world is falling apart, there is no way you can avoid a bitter fate. We can change the course of our ship, which is speeding into the abyss, and instead of the abyss of consumption, steer it in the direction of the creative society. But we can do this only together. We need to unite our collective human potential, become a united civilization, and row in one direction. Uniting in a common goal, we need to direct our attention, our efforts, our knowledge, and our skills to charting a new course. And how quickly we can do this depends on the choice of each person. Our salvation is only in our unity. Only by working together can we build a truly decent world. A world that will have a future for us and our children. And that is the creative society. We still have a chance. So let's take it. <laughs>